sponsored by Coro. They're on a mission to rethink the food market. They want to shorten supply chains and support a direct and fair trade regarding the origin, pricing, and quality. So what makes Coro special in comparison to others? Their bulk packagings allow them to offer customers high quality products at a really fair price. They really care about sustainability. Their bulk packs save on packaging material compared to the small single packs. And they also avoid sulfur, refined sugars, preservatives, colors, and other additives. Their quality management team carefully and regularly reviews the quality of their products. If you want to try Coro, you can use code FORKINGCORO at checkout for a 5% discount. Which makes a really big difference because you are bulk buying so many different products and I am obsessed with their white chocolate almond matcha nuts, obviously. (laughs) I obviously went for something savory and got a kilo of salt and pepper roasted crunchy chickpeas, which are incredible. They sound really good, but they do a ton of really amazing nut butters as well that are like sweetened with vanilla or dates, um, cinnamon. You can find so many different flavors of all your favorite nut butters. It's so funny because I ordered all savory stuff. So I got like soy sauce and curry paste. And of course, you ordered all of like the sweet things. Do you know what I did get though? that like you would never order, I feel, is Satan. Like I really enjoy it, but I feel like you would not. Like yeah, I feel like all me. the products I brought from the website, you didn't and then vice versa. <laughs> happy for you. Hope you really enjoy it. Um, <laughs> it's a no for me. I actually, one of the things that I really got is they sell um, fresh ginger juice. It's literally just fresh ginger with like a bit of lemon. Um, and I love ginger and I love a ginger mm. tea every night. And it's kind of like a little cheap because instead of just like chopping fresh ginger, I just put a little ginger juice in hot water and it's like, it really burns in the best kind of way. It's just like a flavor that I absolutely love. So, um, definitely check them out. We could talk about them for ages. Um, but yeah, use code for forking Coro for 5% off. Yeah. And let us know what products are your favorite. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Forking Manners podcast. Um, I'm quite excited for this episode because Barry and I are going to talk about intuitive eating, which we have spoken about quite a bit in the past. However, I feel like there's a little update on intuitive eating. Definitely. I feel like we spoke about, I think the first time we spoke about intuitive eating on the podcast was over two years ago. Mm. And it was such like, it was everywhere. Like Hot topic. It was the thing that people were talking about, that people were following, that people were just like engaging in. And like, it was a huge mm-hmm. part of our book um, and our like nutrition ethos. And, and I just feel like um, it was everywhere on Instagram. Like you said, like everyone was talking about it. It was such like an engaging topic. Exactly. And now um, I think a lot of that has dissipated and other things come yeah. up. I think people are still talking about it, but in just a different way. And to share mm-hmm. our update on what we think about it two years later. Yeah. So I haven't worked with clients since, I mean, I went back to clients after having Romeo, but soon realized it was just too much. Um, So I haven't worked with clients properly in a couple years now, but when I was, I was very much working with them, helping them to master intuitive eating. And I, I still do believe it's such a good, um, way of eating I it's so weird because like how do you like I feel like how do you label it now without it sounding like another diet well that's always been my like gripe with intuitive eating it's like it's just assigning a label and then people can Mm -hmm. interpret that in 
the way that they want. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was working with clients on intuitive eating and I, I honestly saw so much success and I see so much success still now. Like I consider myself an intuitive eater. I watch Romeo, who's very intuitive. I like Barry, you're literally one of the most intuitive eaters I know. But on the flip side of that, this is going to sound terrible, but I almost got bored of talking about it because I felt like I was getting this point of view of, well, it's all right for you because you're in a thin body. Whereas like I was just passionate about like prioritizing health and trying to get that, that message across as opposed to like weighing yourself on the scales and keeping track of your health via a number. Um, but I almost got like sick of defending myself. <laughs> Yeah. which sounds awful but and then like I kind of lost my passion for it like I said I do still believe in this um way of eating but I'm not like passionate enough to go out and be defending it still I just want I'm just going to talk about health in general and ways that I know we can you know things we can do to adopt to support our health as opposed to being like look this is intuitive eating this is how you do it like it's a really great kind of thing because I've kind of like lost that like I said passion towards it yeah I think um I think it's like when you identify, you put yourself in that kind of like box, you're always going to like, you just attract more people to comment and stuff like that. And I think for me, like the main takeaway of intuitive eating, and we've spoken about this loads, is like, it's just eating. Yeah. And it feels really awkward to kind of just like explain yourself and your eating habits when it's like, I shouldn't have to, this is just the way I eat. This is the food I like. And it's, But when we put a label on it, we try to help. Like, I don't know. It's just really hard. It's something that I've always, always been skeptical about. Um, I do identify as an intuitive eating, like helping people with becoming an intuitive eating is like an amazing thing. Like my mom always says that, you know, since she's been listening to our podcast and we've been talking about intuitive eating, she's noticed herself become more of an intuitive eater. And that's been really helpful for her. And on principle, again, I think it's incredible. And we still need to, I think, talk about it because I do think in a way it is like the counterpart to diet culture. Um, So like, I do think that we need to raise awareness for, raise awareness for eating, but you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I just think like showing people there's like an alternative to like counting and following a diet and like empowering individuals to take Mm. control of their own health but I just don't like using the words. Have you tried intuitive eating? Cause it's like, it's yeah. not something that you just like, it's not a camp that you join. It's literally just eating. Yeah, um, so that's, that's where I find it frustrating. Yeah. I just feel like I took a step down for it because like you said, it is just eating and there are so many other things that we can be doing, like sleeping well, moving, keeping stress levels low, whatever, um, having a good social life, like all these things contribute towards overall health. And I feel like so many people put their health, like their efforts into food and they're like, okay, I have to nail my diet and then I'll be a healthy person. And it just so doesn't work like that. And I almost got like, I think I've said to you, like, food was such a huge part of my recovery in the past so I almost I was a little bit obsessed with it in regards to like I don't know like talking about it and making sure that I was on top of my health food wise and now I'm just like I don't care as much as I did and like I'm still passionate about nutrition helping people eat well but I almost want to just step away from like the obsession people have with food Um, yeah particularly since having Romeo because like that really like having a kid makes you question everything in life and he is just such a priority that I just that's like I just want to walk away from that now (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, what you said there actually just like really resonated with how I felt about just like my career change in the mm-hmm. sense that I very much like see nutrition and health as like a passion and something I'm so interested in and invested in, but I actually don't want to talk about it all day with clients. Yeah. And I don't like, it takes that enjoyment and that passion away. Um, and sometimes when you speak about it too much, you're, I don't know, overvaluing certain things. And I don't know, I actually think like the healthiest relationship with food that I've ever had is no longer being a practicing dietitian, as crazy really? as that sounds. Yeah, because I'm just not thinking about it and talking about it in the same way that I yeah, was. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it's just like freeing up headspace to focus on other things and just like allowing nutrition to like almost float to the back burner of like it's still always on. Um, I'm always thinking about it, but not in a way that it was like defined my career success and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's so like, I really, really like resonate with that as well. And I feel very similar. And it's so weird because for so long, like particularly over the summer and I I was away from my honeymoon, but like I didn't develop any new recipes. I wasn't sharing any recipes on Instagram. And then I've literally found in the last week, I've shared like so many more recipes than I normally do because I'm like, I took the pressure off myself to stop talking about and sharing food. Exactly. And now it just like feels more natural. And yeah, like you, I'm just like not bored of talking about it because like you said, like you're still, it's still a huge interest of mine. And I want to share that with people, but like, I'm sick of like, I've just got sick of defending myself in regards to one, like how I look, what I preach, what I practice kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like trying to like separate career stuff and like personal stuff. And it's really difficult. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then it's like when you have to do stuff because you want to like show people, it almost becomes less intuitive. Like. Um, because you almost take that like intuitive nature out of it when you're like, oh, I got to show this, this, and this. And then it's like, well, that's not actually an intuitive process. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but. It does. And like, I just feel like I, like, you know, I went through a very, very hard time when I had Romeo and like, you know, I actually dropped quite a lot of weight when I had Romeo and I was, I was so unhappy and I literally had people DMing me like half were like oh my God, you're so unrealistic, poor example of like, you know, bouncing back kind of thing. And the others were like, oh my God, how did you do it? Like, what are you eating? And I was like, this isn't even like in my head right now. Like I'm literally so unhappy and like stressed out and like constantly breastfeeding and like gone through this whole life train. Like I was not sleeping. I felt psychotic and I had everyone messaging me about like my food and what I looked like. And I was like, I need to like take a break from this and step away. Yeah, like it's the wrong message instead of just being like, oh my God, how did you do it? It's like, hey, are you all right? Is there anything that we can do to help? Yeah. And like, it's reinforcing almost like a negative. (laughs) And for people who like might not have had all the tools that you've had, that could have been like a downward spiral for someone. Yeah, very, very true. I was just like, okay, whatever. Like, I can't even be like dealing with this right now. But some people might have been like, oh, okay. I'm actually really stressed out and unhappy, but like, at least I'm thin, like that's right. Kind that's of what like I'm saying. To focus on. Where, like, to some people, that would have been like a sense of praise in a downward, yeah. like feeling low. At least they're getting this recognition. Obviously, for you, you you know that that wasn't helpful for you, no. nor like an, a real estimate of health or happiness. So, for you, you were able to like 
blind, put up blinders to that and be like, that's not helpful. I don't need to hear this. But for other people, that would have been like, great. Yeah, exactly. I know. And then like even more of like a downward spiral. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to hear like a bit about Romeo's intuitive eating. Like how has that reshaped your view on intuitive? Because as much as he is an intuitive eater, you're still feeding him everything. Yeah. So it's like an interesting, um, just like, I guess, progression from when children are born to you providing, I guess they have intuition on like hunger and satiety, but then also like the gentle nutrition bit, like, I guess you're really steering that. And like, what do you think is going to happen in the next like six months in terms of his intuitive eating career (laughs) journey? (laughs) He has a career in nutrition. Yeah, he has a career in nutrition. He doesn't even know it. Um, He's like a science project. (laughs) Um, So obviously like I cook and prepare all of his food and I do dictate what goes on his plate. Um, but I, so you, I have nothing against this, by the way, but you often see like people dividing up certain food groups for babies, which is absolutely fine. And a lot of the plates do come. I was like, just going to say, I feel like I'm picturing it because plates do it for you. Yeah. But I kind of make a point of just putting everything in front of Romeo. He doesn't ever have like a meal and then a dessert. I'll put like the dessert food, whatever that might be on the plate with it which he does always go for first because we are born with a sweet tooth um but he knows that then like he's got the rest of the variety on the plate to choose from and there's literally never any pressure from me if he literally just wants to eat fruit that day then that's that's fine with me um and other days he literally will eat everything i put on his plate and other days he doesn't so i literally just keep the environment very very neutral um i like talk to him i eat with him it's all just like very laid back because i'm just so adamant that I want not to do anything that I grew up with and this isn't like a bash at my my parents or anything like that like we didn't know but I was I was always told like you don't get the dessert if you don't finish what's on your plate you're not leaving the table until you finish what's on your plate there was always like that pressure around food and it obviously did me no good at all because I had like the worst relationship with food growing up so yeah I just want him to have like really good experiences around food I do stick to certain meal times breakfast lunch and dinner he does this he's starting to do this thing now where he knows where the snack drawer is so he'll go and get a snack and I kind of think there has to be some boundaries like you're I can't just allow you to eat all day every day like you need to know that there are meal times for you to eat as much as you want um and you know there's times where I'll give him seconds if he's still hungry and stuff like that but at the same time I'm like okay if you know you keep going to the snack drawer let's see if you are hungry and then he can have the snack whatever he's picked because I never want to be like no you're not eating you're not having food kind of thing so I'm flexible with some boundaries and yeah I'm just doing my best, by the way I like I don't know really? <laughs> I think not, you- to me that sounds like amazing and definitely the way that I would prefer to do it as well um do you think like his day-to-day variation of like some days he just wants to eat fruit and some days he has seconds and some days he doesn't just like is a testament to like or a reality check that like it's unrealistic to think that you want the same thing every day and just like our bodies naturally fluctuate and if you have more food on one day that doesn't like it I think a lot of people would stress out about that a hundred percent and like there are some days where like I gave him my mum had him yesterday and I made him spinach pancakes which he normally loves and she was like he didn't touch them like wasn't interested I was like that's fine I had like some leftovers so I gave them to him for breakfast this morning just like ate them up no issue kind of thing and then like sweet potato again he loves some days it's on his plate and he won't even touch it 
which I just think is like, yeah, in terms of like intuitiveness, I think like that is the thing that I can take away and being like variety. 100%. And just like every day is different is it just, it just is. And people Mm -hmm. are so regimented um, in our routines as adults. And then like, we just can't understand where like, oh, I'm so hungry today. Like what is wrong with me? And it's like a blame thing. And like, actually you're just, you're just human. Yeah, exactly. And like some days, you know, he might not have slept as well, or he might be teething, or he might going through a growth spurt, or he might be, you know, he's had a really energetic day and he's burnt off a load of energy at a a baby class or something like so there's and like us you know some days we're more active than others and some days we've slept better and there's always you know factors to consider so we should definitely be aware of that in our own lives as well and like you just said like we can't be expected to eat the exact same amount of calories every Every day day. (laughs) I was just gonna say that's why like calorie counting is just like it's so irrelevant yeah because like we don't require the same thing every day and so like I also yeah it's just stupid um which (laughs) that's all I can say I completely agree I completely agree one thing for like intuitive eating that has really kind of like stuck with me that I've taken or just like reflected and realized the most important thing for me is like flexibility and just like Mm. allowing yourself flexibility and it's something that I've noticed I'm like really I don't want to say really good at it um but like compared to maybe how I was in university or college um I wasn't that flexible um and I think if you asked me at that time I would have been like no I'm an intuitive eater this is what I like to eat but like I I still controlled it to a point where now like I literally don't care so I just had one of my best friends come visit for the past 10 days and like I was working, so, like, I didn't I didn't have any leave to take off. So, like, um, we, like, did stuff every single night. And so, like, flexibility with my life and then also flexibility with, like, my routine and my food and everything. And, like, I obviously wanted to show her all my favorite places. And we went out every single night, which included, like, food out, drinks out every single night for 10 days. I obviously don't feel my best after <laughs> – but like for me, that was a really intuitive position because like I I put the experience over the food and like yeah. it was about her, it wasn't about me. And it yeah. was being flexible and not being not compensating in every way. And I just like at the end of that, I was like, you know what, I'm a bit puffy. I don't really drink this much. Like my face feels swollen. Um, my sleep, I definitely noticed my sleep was poor. Um and didn't like spring out of bed in the same way that I normally do. I did keep a lot of like my morning routine the same, which was really helpful. Um, but like I ate out every single meal and you know me, like I cook a lot and I love to cook. Um, and just like reflecting on that and just like, I didn't care. Like I actually enjoyed it so much and I do it again. And I think for me, that was like a really big revelation of, I wasn't even thinking about it in the moment. Like I did literally did not even cross my mind. But then after I was like, you know what? I'm really craving X, Y, Z. Like, oh, I can't believe like we had so much fun. We tried all these new restaurants and this new food. And I have a new favorite drink now that we've been drinking all week. And it's like that way. It's, um, I forget what it's actually called. But You're looking as if like you've got it right next to you. Well, I have our alcohol like in the corner <laughs> over there. 
Um, it's Saint Germain's. You know what that is? It's like an elderflower no, liqueur. I think they call it oh. something like Saint Germain. Here is what they kept calling it at the bar, and we're like, "What the fuck is that?" Fancy. Um, so it's like a elderflower liqueur, and then prosecco and soda water and lemon. So it's like a very similar recipe to an apérol spritz, but instead of apérol, it's like this elderflower liqueur. Um, that's that absolutely nice. delicious. Um, and it's super refreshing and like light and just like it's so nice. Anyways, um. But yeah, I just feel like that whole week, I just reflected back and being like, how amazing was it that I just like didn't even think twice about any decisions that were made. And I was just so flexible to me. That is a testament to my version of intuitive eating, where it's like, you can actually just forget about nutrition and live your life. And that is intuitive. I feel like I literally had the same experience when we were in America for a honeymoon. We were there for three weeks and like literally some days we ate at eight, some days we ate at 10. Like you just like, it was different. And I'm very much like a routine person. I like to have breakfast, lunch and dinner at the same time. Um, But the last week that we were there, it was just Ash, Romeo and I, and we literally ate out for every single meal, like literally breakfast, lunch and dinner. And I was like, and like you, I was like, this is actually so fun because I'm just going to different restaurants and picking foods that like I wouldn't normally cook for myself. And it like, obviously I wouldn't want to do that all the time because then it's just like, it's expensive as well. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that was like something that I was actually quite proud of myself for. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like um, that's something that's probably not spoken enough about in the intuitive eating space because it's all about you and your journey, um, which is fine. And you have to be able to work through all of that stuff and like listening to your body and, you know, all of that. But I think like an element of into because I still think like you can take all the principles of intuitive eating and like kind of like warp it into like, no, I'm doing this because this is my like, this is the way I thrive. I'm not hungry, so I'm not eating kind of thing. Yes. And it's like, well, no, like I feel my best when I do X, Y, Z. So I think there's so much room for like disordered eating patterns within the, within the structure of intuitive eating. Um, one thing that I don't think is spoken about enough in the principles of intuitive eating is this like flexibility and foregoing your, your best self, whatever that is mm-hmm. for like others and situations and stuff like that, where like, I don't think that's actually like communicated as well as it could be. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just feel like socializing is such a huge part of eating. And I've literally worked with so many clients in the past who won't, who will avoid socializing because it's, they just find it too stressful with the whole food situation. And it, even if they yeah. do believe they're eating intuitively, they're like, yeah, but I actually really want a well-balanced meal tonight instead of going out for a pizza. And it's like, well, in the Can grand scheme of things. Yeah, yeah like, like- <laughs> pizza. Or it's like, I like having only limited options being like, I can't go there because there's nothing that I could eat there. And it's like, what would actually happen if you just ate something that like mm. you didn't like, What what's actually going to happen to you? If you just, like, I've been to restaurants before where like they haven't got a veggie main. So I've just ordered a load of like starters and sides. And it's like, it's probably what not what I would have chosen to eat tonight, but I'm out with my friends and I had a good time kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and so I think that was like a big revelation. So like looking back on intuitive eating, I don't think it stresses flexibility enough yeah. away from your, and maybe that's like a principle that you need to introduce after you've been doing intuitive eating for a while, because I think just to jump into that is crazy. Yeah. Um, 
but I actually think just for, and I, I forget, there is a principle that talks about it, but I don't think it's, it's, it's not spoken about in a way of like, you can literally forget what you want for a day, for a week, and life will go on. Yeah, literally. Yeah, you're right. Because it, I mean, it talks about kind of like that voice in our head and like the rules and the good and the bad and like, but that actually isn't addressing or even if you do just want a well-balanced meal tonight, but you've been invited out for pizza and you don't really fancy a pizza, you can, because it, it will be that voice in your head being like, but you don't want the pizza, so why would you eat it? Like, it's not healthy. Right. Like, <laughs> right. I just feel like, um, I, yeah, I don't know how to explain it because yeah, in I, I completely get what you're trying to get they, at. You can interpret that as like, oh no, I need to listen to my body. And my body's actually saying like, you drank last night, your body's craving some like really wholesome foods, but your friends mm-hmm. invite you out and it's like, you will live if you yeah. go out again. Like you can also have the right to say no. I was going to say, if you genuinely don't want to go and you're freaking tired and hungover, like that's fine. <laughs> you, you, you can also go out with your friends and not drink. And yeah. you can also go out with your friends and make the best decision for you in that situation. Or you can also go out with your friends and do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the freedom and flexibility bit. Um, yeah, for- 100%. I think, yeah, I don't know. It's just not packaged as intuitive eating sometimes. Yeah, and I think when you, again, there are like, there's so many great practitioners out there, but sometimes it's quite a forceful, um, well, I don't know, way of practice. I don't know how to word it. And it can seem quite intimidating. And it's almost as if, if you don't believe it to your very core, like then you are not intuitive eating kind of thing and it just gets a bit like a whoa okay <laughs> like and it's yeah. like like I said like I'm, I literally trained in intuitive eating like I went and did my further study in it and I get it and like like I said it works and I've seen so much success and you know we identify as intuitive eaters but like you said there's there is flexibility around it and I just I honestly feel like sometimes if some people make out if you're not doing it down to a T then you cannot call yourself an intuitive eater. But isn't that just another diet then if there's such that, rules and restrictions? Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's like, like you said, like sometimes I, and like sometimes I might want, I don't know, I might crave a really unhealthy meal and I'm like, actually, I think it might serve me better to have a really healthy one, whatever that might look like. So I'll go for that. It's like, there is like, and vice versa, you know, like we just said about the pizza, but it just, like I said, I, I don't think I got sick of being like, oh, I need to defend intuitive eating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, and it's like not your identity because also like intuitive eating, your version of intuitive eating is so different than my version of intuitive eating. Yeah. So like it can't be this one size fits all approach. So when people treat it as this one size fits all approach, it's like, well, that's not actually intuitive eating. Yeah, exactly. And I just, and like you said about it, like being your identity, I've more so again, since I had Romeo, I kind of had like this identity shift and it's like, I don't like, I'm not just a nutritionist. Like I'm actually literally just a normal person who like, I don't eat perfectly. Like, yes, I've done the study and the research, but like it is hard sometimes, you know, trying to be healthy in every single way possible. It's not realistic. And I totally. don't know anyone who's like nailing everything in terms of like movement, eating well, sleep, stress or whatever. But I was just like, stop putting this pressure on me to like show you how I intuitively eat all the time. Yeah, no, exactly. It's exhausting. And it's not, like we said, it's not realistic because it's, no one does that. 
And then you kind of create this like um, difference between what you're putting out there and what you're doing. And that's like something that we never want to create. Exactly. Something I know we spoke about in a previous episode and I forget when it's going out in relation to this one. For the first time, we're like so ahead of our recording. I know, we've got so many in the bank to release. <laughs> but I still think the tre- like it's so interesting how like trends come and go where like it was this um, intuitive eating and now like it's, it's all these like hacks to like yeah. improve your wellness. And I just feel like that's such diet culture like coming in because it was like, all right, you're going to go in this diet. And then it was like, you're not going to go in this diet. You're going to be an intuitive eater. And now it's like, well, you can be an intuitive eater, but here's all these hacks, like up, like upskill your life or like, yeah, you know what I mean? And it I, I love me off. Because I think you said to me the other day, you were like, I hate the word hack. <laughs> I hate it. Because it's literally like, here's I a hack to drink but all your water. T- I was going to say most of the time, like it's not even what the definition of a hack, like, it's just like doing something that might work for you. It's not like this like revelation that you found an answer to like being well. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's so much access to loads of information now. Mm. Um, so for example, like, I actually I can't think- believe it. Like look at for just like from us being on Instagram five years ago to now, like I actually cannot believe how different it is. And it's really overwhelming because you it have... Is because everything is animated. Before, it was literally a picture of my porridge bowl. Like, totally. And now everything is like a story. Yes, you're consuming so much. Yeah. And to separate like life and reality, like what you see on Instagram or TikTok and then like separate the life, like it's so wild. And just like even the podcast, like access to all this information where you can listen to ours and like maybe some more chill podcasts, but just like super, super niche podcasts that are talking about, you know, hacking productivity, talking about this, talking about that, talking about these supplements. And I went, I found a I don't even know how I ended up on this like long train of like um, listening to someone talk about like lymphatic drainage. And then like, I was just like, I want to like, I'm just interested in like hearing more because it's not actually something that like I've ever given the time to like listen to. Um, And then like talking, like listening to this doctor and this doctor and like actually like some science. And I was just like, information overload like I don't need this stuff in my life like um I don't know how to explain it but it was like how do you balance all of this um wellness information with intuitive eating like it's just too much like I I I was just like I feel really overwhelmed that like now I've just absorbed this information what do I what do I want to do with it what don't I want to do with it like ridiculous and then just like okay but then I also was gonna read this book on caffeine and this and that and I was just like I feel like this how are other people feeling I was literally just about to say that I was like and that's you who like we have been taught to like you know like analyze um what's that? God, I forgot the term but critically analyze critically analyze um information and research like we I feel like our brains automatically do that because of our background in education yeah, totally. but like you said a lot of other people will be like okay like now I'll listen to this now I'll listen to this like it's, it is just overload. And I think actually ha- like having Romeo became like a real reset for me in regards to like what I want to fill my brain with because everything felt so negative. 
and like I know you love like your scary documentaries and stuff but like I just won't watch anything that isn't going to fill my brain with like something like you know positive or useful or something I can apply to like my work or just general personal life that's not going to like impact me in a positive way yeah, no, I totally get that. I find joy in that. For some reason. <laughs> I could probably speak to someone about yeah, that. Like, <laughs> it's like a mental escape. Um, and also, I just like, I love the psychology of it. Like, we just watched like Jeffrey Dahmer, the Netflix series. Again, I don't know when this episode is coming out, so that might it might like been a phase, and everyone watched it, and now no one's talking about it. Anymore. <laughs> Um, but like the whole time, like I was just like thinking about like his trauma and his experiences and not to like excuse anything he's done, but like nature versus nurture and just like in a different environment with different kind of, um, protective factors, what would have happened. And it's like, I think I just have like a really analytical approach to all of those. Cause I find it like, I love psychoanalyzing people or I love understanding why people make the decisions they make. Um, and that's like, I think that's why I enjoy it so much. Yeah, I know. I completely get that. And I used to love stuff like that, like before having Romeo. Um, I just feel like my brain changed a lot when I, when I had oh, it. Totally. I love listening. Anything to do with the brain, I'm like fascinated by. Like, I feel like I should have been a brain researcher in another life. But like, I'm listening to, I feel like everyone knows his podcast, the Huberman Lab podcast. And I just find them so but he just I just loved straight talking science and I know you've got to take some of it with a pinch of salt but again we've been taught to critically analyze but I just love absorbing like hard bits of information without having to like see a sob story or someone getting hurt in the process yeah no it's it's so true and I love that podcast as well and I've taken a lot from it the I really want to listen to the recent one about um it's about marijuana I haven't listened to it yet I thought I started that this morning I'm literally five minutes in but did you listen to the alcohol one no literally that was like one of my favorite ones interesting well I want to listen to it after I just like had a week of yeah I don't know (laughs) I mean like trust me whatever he's gonna say I feel it and like I didn't even drink that much I didn't get drunk one time like we me and Amanda were talking about it we're like we literally didn't get drunk one time because we never like crossed that threshold it was just like a lot more like casual drinking um, which like adds up and I don't really do a lot of casual drinking especially during the week like but I, I'll tell you this just like one bit it's a spoiler for you but you can actually repair damage that you've done from like a heavy night drinking yeah. but you yeah, can't so... repair the sleep that you've lost well I feel like my view has changed on that since having Romeo because I was just so sleep deprived and now I do feel like a normal person again so you can yes. But I you feel like what's done is done. Yes, but, that, that's yeah. what I was going to say. You can't go and, like, get that time back. Yeah. But you can, like, change and – Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. So with alcohol, can I undo – can I go back and undo that? Um, in a way, yeah, because he's talking about the cells that are damaged through alcohol and they actually start to repair themselves through abstinence. Yeah, well, so. the liver is regenerative, so yeah. definitely – but even uh, like cells in the brain, see he talks about the brain a lot, which is probably why I enjoyed the episode so much. But like there's a lot of like chemical reactions that are going on in our brain. And let, let, just listen to it because otherwise I'll go okay. on about it. There's not like a long lasting impairment. No, that's, no, that makes me feel better. Um, <laughs> Unless you're like a full on like alcoholic binge drinker, obviously. Like, totally. And you have like yeah. years and years of damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah totally nope not me I, I think you're okay though yeah I think I'm okay <laughs> one week of like socializing is you'll 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 be fine and I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything like if I would do it all again because it was yeah. so fun and yeah. like so nice this that- is the thing we've got to weigh up like our happiness and experiences in life versus like still looking after our health but like not becoming obsessed with looking after our health exactly imagine I was like oh no let's not go out let me cook this meal at home because like and you know like, I don't think I had drink my 1.5 liter water bottle Says yeah Barry, never <laughs> actually it's so funny we were out for brunch and um I just had a coffee and Amanda was like I'm not getting up out of this table until you drink that water and she like made me sit. yes Amanda <laughs> she made me sit and drink the whole water before we got oh up my God, like that's so funny I just don't uh but today I actually had a lot of herbal tea um so far which is which is good trying to good. stay hydrated thank god for but, herbal tea because literally otherwise I, I just feel like you would never hydrate oh my god I'd literally like be a prune like I'd be <laughs> so crinkly um it'd be awful but yeah I think like intuitive eating for me is actually trying to define it what it means to me right now it's not thinking about food all the time yeah I was gonna say it's actually just to me it's so much more than eating I think because now more than ever I look at my health as like a body of things it's just living well and flexibly and doing those small little things every day like eating lots of plant foods hydrating moving sleeping well like that is also very integral to my health so I never find myself being like focusing on my diet like you just said yeah yeah Exactly. So I think an intuitive eater is like one part of having a well-balanced lifestyle that's going to support your health without it becoming an obsession. But I think Mm -hmm. in order to like nail the nutrition, you have to actually stop thinking. I think like when we put too much emphasis on it, that is when it becomes like disordered and actually not like, you know, doing what you want to make yourself happy and healthy but actually like you can relinquish a bit of control and that's literally healthy. Like literally, I think I got to that point at one stage where I was just obsessing over my health and being, and I was even obsessing over, because I've like always loved chocolate, even obsessing over, okay, I'll eat really, really healthy. And then like, I still have to have my chocolate because that's not so healthy, but I know that like that's part of intuitive eating and like just silly stuff like that. And it was, it was just too obsessive. Like you said, like I was just thinking about it all the time just to try and prove how intuitively I could eat. Totally, totally. <laughs> I, and that's, yeah, like I totally understand that. And I think that's why I used to get so frustrated with intuitive eating because it was like, well, this isn't very intuitive for me to think like this, but yeah. the framework makes me think like this. Yeah. But I do still think there's value in people who are coming off years and years of dieting. A hundred percent. To go through the process. Like we're talking about this three years into our intuitive Mm -hmm. eating journey. So like anyone who's listening, like, please understand that. Like we've been through a journey to get to this point. But I think Mm -hmm. now my definition and like view on intuitive eating is just different than it was. Yeah. And I think the true not definition but like if you truly feel like you're eating intuitively then you will feel relaxed around food yeah and that's what um is not always brought up in terms of intuitive eating I I don't often hear intuitive eating practitioners talk about that kind of 
calm, relaxed and easygoing feeling around food. Yeah, everyone seems to focus on the cravings and the hunger. Yeah. Which maybe is more clickbaity, clickbaity. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Or it's just like easier things to talk about. I don't know. And and the whole like food police thing and like that I think that's why so many people think it's just eating what you want when you want to because all the focus is on well don't diet just eat all those foods that you want that you don't allow yourself yeah and I think that's why in the beginning it's so hard to understand and it might be in the beginning you might have to go through some of that to get Mm. to the end to like prove to yourself you can't just like wake up and be an intuitive eater who's like not thinking about food has all this flexibility like positive self-talk like Mm -hmm. it's impossible so you do have to go through the steps but just reframing that like that's not that's part of the intuitive eating journey yeah not what it means to be an intuitive eater I think and I think that like that word journey is so key as well because it's not even necessarily a destination to this whole intuitive eating thing it's like yeah like where are we going from here yeah exactly (laughs) like you don't wake up one day you're like oh yeah now I'm like an intuitive eater because like you said like there are gonna be some days where like all weeks where you're on holiday and you might not eat as intuitively as or you might eat more intuitively like it's just it's not it's just ongoing isn't it and like we're still on our journey and we might be eating differently next year than we are at the moment exactly (laughs) and at the end of the day I think like I said before it just comes down to like being okay with flexibility Mm -hmm. and at least that's my version of intuitive eating, I think. Just yeah, like a hundred percent more flexibility around food. I also think like cooking for Mark has made me more intuitive because he's changed a lot of things. So cooking habits. for Romeo has made me more intuitive. <laughs> yeah, because like he's changed so many of his eating habits and now he eats we eat the same meal every day. There yeah. are days where I was like, Oh, you know what? Like I'm really craving this one thing and I know he won't eat it and I'll make it like I'll make us different meals but just that whole process of me being like okay we both eat this one thing so like that's what I'll make and like is it exactly what I'm craving no but like do you always have to eat the exact thing that you're craving like yeah that's insane literally like and Ash Ash is a very good intuitive eater as well to be fair and he literally came home a few nights ago and was like I'm not really hungry like I had a really big lunch I'm just gonna have a bag of crisps and I was like okay fine that means I don't have to cook kind of thing but like honestly I think a couple of years ago I would have been like well no you need dinner like you and I would obsess over what he was eating as well because I'd be like no we have to eat well and like you must have your dinner kind of thing but I was he was just like I'm like okay you had a big lunch you don't feel hungry fine like he's not on a diet like he's not trying to lose weight like he was just he didn't feel like anything exactly exactly so yeah I guess another point of intuitive eating is like not caring about what others around you are doing oh my god yeah oh I should have touched on that more yeah a hundred percent because I I again and it's I feel like even now, like if we went to, if we went out for dinner together and you were like, I'm going to get a dessert, but I didn't really want one. I'd probably get one. Just it would probably were, be the I'd opposite. Feel left out. <laughs> it would probably be the opposite situation because you're more. Of the oh dessert. yeah. I would be getting the dessert and you would. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> you not getting a dessert. But again, that's like, I'd be like, oh, so we split a starter and you're like, no. no. <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, should we get dessert? And I'm like, don't really fancy it. But yeah, yeah it's just so like true. not caring what other people are doing and just like yeah. doing what you want. But also like the same thing with Ash coming home and be like, no, but you have to have this 
Like you're not healthy yeah. unless you do that. Like yeah. you do. Like yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's only because they've they've lived with us for so long that they've absorbed a lot of like our language yeah. without realizing. Um, but I guess it's different if like he has health goals and you want to support yeah. that. But if he's just yeah. like, you know, just living his life and he's like, I'm not hungry and. Literally, it's like same with Romeo. If like he literally doesn't want to finish his plate, he's literally like saying to me, "I'm not hungry. I don't want this. I'm not going to be like, no, you have to eat it." Like I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, that's fine. And he might be hungry an hour later because he didn't eat enough. But that's what how his body was reacting to food that day. He didn't yeah. want the rest of it. And now he's hungry again. He'll eat something else. Totally yeah. normal. Yeah, hundred percent. Amazing. Well, I feel like that well, was I hope, an update. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, I hope we didn't put anyone off in <laughs> But I just feel like for me, it was like, well, and you, but I was so pro it. Well, and I, I still am pro it, but I feel like I don't have to defend it anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, we've always spoken about this. It's just eating and it doesn't need yeah. any more explanation. I think people who want to go through that journey, like still find a professional, still do it. Um, on the end, on the other, on the end, there's no end on the other side of the spectrum though, you'll feel like you're just going to have so much more enjoyment and like freedom, which is like amazing. Um, but for people who are on the other side, maybe the, those first steps kind of seem crazy because it's so far from where we are. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe that's a good thing. I think so. Awesome. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's chat about Jewish reading. Any thoughts, please email. Yeah, literally leave comments. Let us know. Yeah, definitely. And we will be back next week. Bye.